This is Black Millennial Money. This is Black Millennial Money, where we talk about how you can make more money, keep more money, invest your money, and spend your money on the finer things in life, all from a Black Millennial perspective. I'm your host, Joseph Osu, and today we have Elizabeth Eze, who is the founder of the Clinic of Marketing. But before we get into all of that, the eagle-eyed listeners and what well, the eagle-eyed watchers, for sure, may have noticed we've got a new setting. So this is the new office, the home office setup. New house is secured. There will be an episode talking about the whole process of doing that. So all of you who've been asking, it is coming. But as usual, you need to subscribe to the show. Subscribe wherever you're listening, whether that's on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're hearing my voice or seeing my handsome face, you need to subscribe because it makes it easier for us to make sure you see these videos, but also that thousands of other people around the world see it. Last year, we ended as a top 30 podcast on Spotify in the UK and I was just named, because of the podcast, one of the 100 top change makers for 2021. And it's because of your support. It's because of you as a community. So I want to say thank you for that. But if we're going to keep pushing, if we're going to keep growing, we need, we need those likes, we need those subscribers. And we also need those of you who haven't joined the Patreon to head over to blackmillennialmoney.com right now on the homepage. You're going to have an opportunity to join the Patreon. It literally says join the Patreon. And... Start supporting the movement so we can keep pushing, keep growing and making sure more and more people get this really crucial information. Now, today we are talking about making money and specifically for the entrepreneurial minded ones of you, we're talking about promoting your business for free on Instagram. Now, some of you may be looking at me crazy, like, is it possible to promote your business for free on Instagram and make real money? And the answer is yes. But don't take my word from it. Take it from the expert we have on the show today. So Elizabeth Eze is the owner of the Clinic of Marketing. She's a digital marketing specialist who has worked with some of the names you've seen on the podcast, so the Money Medics, Emmanuel Sucro, and many more people that have been on the show and beyond that. She specializes in helping businesses grow and make sure they are profiting consistently. Some of you have had your businesses running or tried to run a business like I did, and it wasn't consistent profit. This is the episode you need to listen to to make sure that you can get your coins in. Elizabeth Eze is on the show. How does it feel to be here today? I'm good, Joseph. That was a good intro. <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome. You're very welcome. We're glad and to have you. Congratulations on being oh. a change maker. That was, you know, stuff you just dropped. You know what? I didn't start Black Millennial Money to be getting accolades personally, but it's really, really nice to hear that it's making a difference and people are... And people are keen to hear about it. So actually, I didn't even mention this. It's with The Big Issue. So if you check out The Big Issue's January edition, January the 4th was when it came out. Um, you can see more of the details, a little bit of a write-up. But yeah, it's it's been an incredible nine-ish months since the podcast went live, or 10 months actually, since the podcast went live and we're, we're adding real value and helping people. That's what we started for. So thank you. It's amazing. It, it truly is truly is but we're not here to talk about me we're here to talk about making this money and we need to find out the three things we should know about you because we know about the accolades we know what you do we know what you deliver but what are the three things that the listeners should know about you Elizabeth? Yeah so because I was born and raised in South London I was um, able to be picked up by tennis Wimbledon tennis and I was a junior so Every Saturday, sometimes after school as well, I'll be playing tennis and I will actually train in the Wimbledon compound. Um, my next one is that I hated driving, um, learning how to drive. And when I finally passed, I actually still paid for lessons and my driving instructor was irate. 
And the last one is my mum paid for all of us as siblings to go to culinary school, but they didn't teach us how to make jollof rice or, you know, my my. They taught us how to make meringue and banana cake. So I couldn't really cook that until much later. Okay, let's wind back a little bit because you said said a lot of different things there. So you're a Wimbledon tennis junior. So in my mind, I'm thinking, were you one of those people standing on the side collecting the balls as they're playing the game or were you... Main show. Nope, tennis player. Main show, you know, hitting those balls. Okay, so so what happened? You you were on the road to being Black Serena. Well, I say Black Serena, the UK Serena. What happened? Apparently, tennis is the second second most expensive sport to fund. And my mum said, nah, it's okay, you're okay. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I, I can't argue with that, unfortunately. <laughs> so, driving lessons. You, so, you passed your test. And then you continued to pay your driving instructor to learn how to uh, uh, drive because... Why? Scared. And your driving instructor was angry, but kept taking the money, I'm sure. That's it. In fact, he had <laughs> another pupil. And what he would have to do is take that pupil after he will finish with that pupil in the car. I would do my lesson. Um, and then I would drive to that person's house to drop them home. And then I would drive back to my house. So it was it was a mess. Wow. Uh, are you a good driver now? Absolutely. I've had six years to learn to be a good driver. That's- I'll take your word for it, but <laughs> I don't have to drive in South London anymore, so we're good. <laughs> um, and culinary school, so you basically learn how to do British Bake Off, but uh, you, you being Nigerian, you didn't know about the jollof, you didn't know about moin, but you didn't know about anything, basically. Yeah, I didn't learn how to cook without measurements. I learned how to do an apron. I learned how to put on a hat. Yeah. But you must be good at certain things, though, because meringues ain't easy. I've, I've watched Bake Off. Like, are you doing a little souffles? And... Yeah, but that was 15 years ago. So please don't ask me to make it because it'll be looking <laughs> like... St- I don't know what it would look like. It wouldn't look nice. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So, wow. So a little bit about you there. A tennis superstar, almost. Um a bit of a risk on the on the roads, but we'll see how that works as you drive in. And also, you might be able to you might be able to get on the bake off and probably go out in the first round. But um, fortunately, that's not what we're here to discuss. We are here to talk about making money from promoting your business for free on Instagram. Now, to get started, there's a couple of a lot of the time because I work in marketing, you're a marketing professional, we have people talk to us about these things. But for me, the first place to start whenever we have a marketing conversation is, is what do you need to have right before you can start promoting your business, whether that's for free or whether that's paid. So for you as a marketing professional, for you as someone who helps people get this right on a daily basis, where do you think people should start? Yeah, so the first thing I would say is, even though we're talking about Instagram, making sure your whole marketing isn't just based on Instagram. For example, once someone buys, if someone's interested, you don't contact them, you don't know what's going on, you have no CRM, you have no place to put the information, you don't know what's going on before and after someone is on Instagram. Um, That's the biggest thing I would say. Instagram is not your business. Instagram is a tool in your business. So that's the first thing. And related to that is just understanding what the next step is. Not every day DM me for prices or, you know, buy now. A lot of people are not going to buy now or straight away. So what does that look like to keep them interested yet making sure that they're 
they learn more about you, they're interested in you, and they do eventually buy if they so wish. Um, and also, the biggest thing I would say is the messaging. A lot of people I see on Instagram have not really changed their messaging properly because of COVID, COVID especially with shipping, um, with what is open, what is not allowed, what you can do, what you can't do. It's not really obvious um, when I look on their profile. It just looks the same as before. And that is really not helping people feel comfortable working with you. So that is the some of the main things I would say. Um, and whatever you decide to do after in terms of whether someone's interested or buys from you, how do you follow up with that conversation even after someone buys? So is it like an email list or is it you add them to the close friends list on Instagram? What do you do to keep them engaged so you're not always finding new customers or you're not always the person to go out, go for it? So that's the kind of things I would say. Okay, so you said a lot in that space. And one thing I want to break down is you said CRM to start off with. What is a CRM essentially? Yeah, so I say it's just like a phone book in your phone. Um, on your phone book, you don't just have someone's number, you have their name. If you want their address, email address, any piece of information for one singular personal company, that's what CRM is, but it's hosted online instead of your phone. And usually people use it just to host first name, last name and emails because this is online. We don't normally take phone numbers. So that's basically what it is. Okay. So a CRM tool is, it helps you manage the relationship you have with your customers and continue to have that engagement. Because um, some people listening to this actually might actually be thinking, why are we talking about all of this process and structure and all of this thing? Well, there's, there's two sides to it. To start off with, it's about professionalizing your business. So if I go on every single website out there and they're telling me, oh, they can do this during COVID, they've got this challenge. I'm Me as a customer, me as a consumer, I already know what to expect. It's not now going to be a negative customer experience where I'm expecting to get my parcel in three days, but in reality, it's more like seven days. And the other side of that is no matter how you're marketing and promoting, if if you don't have the infrastructure to capture the sale, to capture some data, you're you're going you're going you're going you're not going to make any money at the core of it it's kind of like having promoting a really really great party but when everyone gets in there's no dj you're completely right you're completely right and that's a good point you make literally i feel like there's two sides to instagram marketing that businesses do that either just talk about you know fluffy stuff the sky's blue roses are red or you know anything really but when it comes to actual product or service it is very, very, very rare to see that. Or they go, or the opposite is all about sell, 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 buy now, buy now, buy now. Um, so it raises a really good point in terms of people really do go on either side of the spectrum when it should be both, when it should be a mixture. Okay. And so that's the back end side of things. So when it comes to your website, what kind of things are like, you need to have this right on your website because no matter how good the marketing is, if these things don't work, you're going to struggle. Yeah. So I would say first, obviously, when you have a website, you've got to pay for a domain. So the name of the um, not the name. So, yeah, what people will type in to find your website. And, you know, there's lots of different rules and, and um, ideas that people have, i.e. it shouldn't be too long. You shouldn't use special characters. You shouldn't um, use words which are not spelled in the normal way. So, you know, there's, there's, or, or have special words, or even to the extent where some people say using anything that is not .co.uk.com, um, like say .media, .design, it, people may forget 
that is actually .media and put .com or .co.uk. So just bear that in mind. So a tip would be to actually buy the domains ending in .co.uk, .com and whatever special ending you want, extension you want. So no one else. So when someone goes onto tights.com, it literally goes back to your actual website anyway. And that's, a, that's, that's what I really um, I would suggest. In terms of design, there's so much I can say, but what I would say is just make sure that your design gives you the ability to read and to make a purchase. So one thing I'll say with design is that to have, depending on your service, have as many, have a few buttons, I should say, of people actually buying. So think of your buttons as um, tills at a supermarket. They don't have one, they don't have two, they have quite a few in a nice organized way. So one thing I'd always say, have a button at the top right of every page and have buttons scattered after a block of text or a picture just so it breaks it up. But people, as they read on, they don't need to scroll up to go to the button. Also as well, having a clear navigation. A lot of people have like 10 different things on the navigation. You don't need 10 things at the top navigation. So I would just have max five, be strict. And then anything else that's not essential can be on the bottom navigation, i.e. the footer. Okay. So on that, so you covered, you covered a couple of things, but I just wanted to go back just a little bit with domain because a lot of people listen to this still have their My Shopify do domain or their Big Cartel. So it's, it's famous fried chicken at bigcartel.com or something. We can't have that. We can't have that. In, make the investment in having a respectable website. If Amazon said um, Amazon dot goldaddy.com it would like you would immediately think you are being scammed you would immediately think that so when so when someone comes to your website those are some of those trust symbols and then on the design front you've already touched on putting calls to action putting in those buttons where people can actually engage because if you look at your website do you is it clear how to buy something is it clear um what you even sell what is your core products? Because it doesn't matter if you sell four or five different things, but what's the main thing? It would be like, so, so Elizabeth runs the clinic of marketing on her website. She could talk about Facebook. She could talk about Instagram. She could talk about email marketing. But what's the key thing you're leading with? What's the thing you're going to be known for? Because again, using Amazon example, they started as a bookshop. When you got to know Amazon for the first time when in like the early 2000s, it was only books books was all they cared about until they built out until you get a bit of a reputation people need to know what they're coming to get from you and sometimes on your website it's not clear you've got great pictures but what is this about um something else that i wanted to touch on when it comes to the look of your website is the consistency and i've heard it spoken about whatever your advert looks like your website kind of needs to match elizabeth could you expand on that a bit yeah, there's lots of ways you can express consistency. So consistency in the branding, as in the design, the colors, the font, um, and also branding, sorry, consistency in terms of the messaging. So if you predominantly sell um, makeup or you predominantly have one service, we're not going on your website and there's no sign of that service on your homepage uh, or whatever page you link to from your Instagram page, which is what Joseph was saying before. So consistency in messaging and consistency in design and just consistency in just the flow of how you approach stuff. So, you know, you're not having 
two lines here and then 50 different paragraphs, you know, all bundled up together. Like everything is relatively the same look, the same size. Um, so it just makes people get used to the way you are without having too many surprises because I can just click off. Mm, exactly. Exactly that. Again, you click a link, you end up on a website that doesn't look quite right. You think it's a scam. And that happens a lot to smaller businesses. It happens, like we've all got these emails where it kind of looks like an email from your bank, but there's one little thing that lets you know it's not quite right. If your website gives someone those kind of feelings, they're not, they're not going to put their card details in, even if it is legitimately your website. So Elizabeth, one of the key things that pops up from a marketing perspective is optimization, that's mobile optimization, was particularly when you're doing marketing on a platform like Instagram, which is very mobile friendly. Can you talk about some of the challenges that you've seen with people on their websites when they've got, when they're doing marketing on mobile, but their website is built for a different platform? Absolutely. So obviously most of us build our website with a desktop in mind, which means that we have more space, we're able to have more text, have more pictures, more of a navigation, but we've all been on the Instagram page where we click on the bio and the link, the link in the bio, sorry, and the text is outside of what we can read. We have to squeeze stuff together and the text is really small. So unfortunately, what you may have to do is have two websites. Obviously, they're the same website, but they have different looks for mobile and different look for desktop, which means less images, probably less text and just more concise. So your page will be much shorter and clearer and simpler on a mobile compared to desktop. And that's really easy to do with any platform you use. So what I would say to you is when you're building your website, always, always, always preview it in mobile first and just go to your Instagram, in fact, and just check what the experience will be like. And yeah, that will just make sure you have no, no crazy things coming up or even pop-ups. Pop-ups as well on mobile is a headache. So avoid that on mobile. Yeah. And a quick tip with that is if you're using like a website builder like Shopify, which most people would be using or something along those lines, they do have a mobile viewer in there, but send a link to your phone and look at it on your phone. Some of the things to consider are when I land on the page, do I know what this is about? Do I have to scroll down to, to find information and try it on phones with different screen sizes? Because not everyone has got this, the iPhone 12 with a big screen. Some people have a slightly smaller screen. So when you're looking at that, yeah, it fits on the iPhone 12, but on the iPhone 7 or some Android device, I have to scroll three times before I can see the buy now button. Little things like that will make a big difference to your ability to be able to, to convert from your marketing, whether it's free or paid, just so your user doesn't have to do any work to actually buy something. Can you imagine all the times that you've been on a website, and you had to do a bit of work. It's an effort to find this. It's an effort to do that. What was the last time you bought when that was the case? What was the last time you're like, yeah, I'm going to buy it? It just takes too long. So optimize the process, tighten it up, make it nice and easy for the people that you're trying to come to your website. These are your customers. These are going to be some of your, your these are going to be, you should be treating them like your best friends because they are truly investing in your business, investing in you and helping you build the future you want. So, there are a couple of other basic things that people need to have set up, in my opinion, and we discussed this beforehand, so we kind of agree on this, but this is related to tracking and analytics. So what kind of key tracking things should they really have beforehand? Yeah, so my, one of my favorite is um, called Hot Jar, Hot Jar, and Hot Jar, what it does is that 
we all know Google Analytics. So, you know, I'm not going to say do you have Google Analytics, but what I love about Hotjar is that it's very simple in terms of the layout. So it's very visual. So it literally is a hot map. Wherever, wherever anyone's clicking or scrolling or even just pausing, you're able to see. And the more warm it is, the more people have been on that section, which enables you to say, okay, a lot of people like this button. Let me either replicate it or just understand more why. And, you know, you can do a lot with that piece of information. Google Analytics does not show you that. They show you where they're coming from. They may show you, you know, how long they've been on site, but they won't show, it won't show you where the curse has been. It won't show you what country that person's been into with that, with that knowledge. So if you really want to, and trust me, there's nothing wrong with this, you can go person by person and watch what they do. So you can see in real time what they're doing, clicking on, thinking, hesitating, pressing on, going back. All of that information is enabled with a heat map. Um, and yeah, um, Facebook Pixel, again, you may have heard it before, but the reason why it's so good is because it just enables you to have great data for when you want to run ads, which may be your next step. Even if it's in two, three, four, five years time, it just enables that. So yeah, those are the main things. And of course, Google Analytics. Okay. And the Hotjar is a really, really cool tool. And just to clarify how it works, it's it basically shows you how people are using your website. Because what you find is that because you built your website or you understand what you sell, you use your website in a very, very specific way. But strangers, they come onto the website and they'll be clicking on stuff and are wondering why this does this and that does that but you, you would never afford to click in that direction which is why like elizabeth said earlier you need to have multiple buttons that lead to people buying because again what google analytics what facebook won't do what the shopify analytics won't necessarily tell you is what button someone clicked to buy and you're about to make a change to your website you better make sure you don't move that button because that's where 70 percent of your sales are coming from so when people start clicking things or if people or if people are scrolling and they move up and down, move up and down, but they don't know, but they don't go any further, or you find that they scroll right to the bottom and then click one specific button, what happens if you move that button higher up the page and make it easier for them? Those are the type of tools that make it much, much easier for you to actually convert, convert website visitors into customers and make sure that your decisions, you're not actually potentially breaking your website because people like to use it in a way that's different to how you use it. So that is a really, really key tool. And the analytics tools, Google Analytics and Facebook, they allow you to sort of build up your audiences. So when you want to do paid advertising, you've already got the details. And these are the type of things that some of you who have people come into your website, but the number of people coming is far higher, like far, far higher than the number of people buying. These analytics tools may open the doors to you figuring out how to go from lots of visitors to actually lots of customers. So I'm going to say them one more time, Facebook Pixel, the Google Analytics Pixel, and installing Hotjar. Hotjar does cost some money, but it will be worth it. So um, the next thing to consider, so we've kind of covered the back end, like how the, the process works. So a customer comes to your business, do they understand how shipping works? Do you have all of that in place? Do you, do you have all the information that makes it easier for them to be a customer so once they bought something or if they intend to buy something do you continue talking to them and so on and so forth then we've covered off the website like a few things that aren't so great for you to have make sure you got your domain make sure 
your design is consistent. If your advertising is blue, it helps if there's some blue on your website or if the font is similar, or if you're selling handbags that people go to your homepage and there's a picture of the same handbag you posted on Instagram. It just makes it easier for people to follow. Then we cover the tracking and analytics, but one of the biggest things to consider before you start trying to do any sort of promotions is your budget. Now, Elizabeth, talk to us about balancing the budget. Is it more money? Is it time? How does it work out? Yeah, so with organic, obviously, it's more time. And, you know, if you want to do a lot of influencer work or paid ads, that's, you know, more money, right? But I always say start with doing organic. And the way to leverage that is even if you don't have a lot of money, and let me say a lot of money, a few hundred pounds. So you've got 300 pounds per month. That may not be necessarily enough for ads. It could be enough for influencers, depending on the influencer. But what you can really use that for is to hire someone part-time, whether that's on Fiverr or, you know, a friend or someone that you know to help you repurpose that content. Um, Not just, you know, posting and getting you to post. Turn whatever content you have and do a Gary V. Turn it into 45 different pieces of content and post it all over. Have tweetables, have videos, have short videos. Um, Do as much as you can per piece of content and pay someone else to do that, you would be going much further because you look like you you have five hands when you don't. So, you know, even if you don't have a lot of money and you want to do organic, I would highly suggest doing that. But of course, if you have no money at all, you can do the repurposing yourself and just literally record, edit, and just post it in different places. And we all love Twitter, don't we? Twitter is a great way just just to add more, um, content without doing much which is just tweeting so definitely I would say for me it is always about more time at the start and the way you want to leverage it in terms of money whether that's with influencers staff or paid ads absolutely do that as well okay yeah and using it's finding what you're going to invest in right because it's either you're either going to invest your money or invest your time so if you've got little money is you're gonna it's going to take you more time and even if you do have like thousands of pounds to, to invest in your market on a monthly basis, it's probably worth putting the time in first yourself. So now when you decide to pay someone, they're not going to come and tell you all sorts of stories and you won't know what's true and what's factual and how much work this really is. So balancing that equation, money versus time is always a key consideration. But again, as Elizabeth said, it is finding ways of stretching and finding ways of optimizing. So my biggest challenge with this podcast is editing. I love recording. I kind of like editing. My first, the first thing I'm going to outsource is editing. So that frees up my time to actually continue to record and, and, and research episodes and find ways to put out more content. If you're someone who's trying to do organic growth, your biggest bottleneck is manually posting and finding different ways to cut stuff up. If you can find someone who's going to take a quote, make that a post, who's going to screen cap that tweet that you did, or who's going to make sure that they can recycle some of your content. So in six months time, that post that worked, that post that worked six months ago, you can repost it and it still adds value. Finding someone who can help you with all of those things is probably one of the best investments you can make in organic social media, right? From what I'm understanding from you, Elizabeth. Yeah, you've got it. (laughs) Okay. So how do you measure your success of this? Because you kind of want to have your measures of success as in what does good look like before you start something rather than be like, okay, so I've started now. So is 
five good is 10 good is 12 good what like how would you start what kind of things would you say someone needs to be thinking about from measuring is this working before they even start doing it in marketing yeah of course so i would say the financial so are you profitable my two words are profitable and predictability so profitable means after all costs with a profit margin including paying yourself how many sales does your calculation say you need to have per month to have that to break even that's to me it's not a measure of success, but it's a great starting point to know how much you need to make to break even. Um, and even if you're a service-based company, you don't have many costs, you have time. Like a time, like Joseph was saying, is a big factor in terms of doing online marketing and digital marketing. So if you put in an hourly rate, a good hourly rate, maybe similar to what you get in your job, if you add those up, what does that look like in terms of amount of money you need to make back? And of course, it depends on how long you want to take to make that money back. But I wouldn't say you need necessarily for most people a year to make that money back unless you're literally putting in hundreds of tens of thousands of pounds. So I would say that's the first input profitability. What, what is that number to break even? And what is your forecast in terms of making profit over that? Also, consistency. So like you know, I said, predictability. What does it look like every month to have predictable sales? So what I was saying before is it's very dangerous to focus on having new customers every single month because if you only have a follower account of 200 then you may ex- you may um you know ex- you know not have that you may like run out of people very very soon so with organic marketing a lot of people use different social media platforms they repurpose they do you know join lives they do you know story takeovers these are really good ways to find new audiences which you haven't exhausted yet so if you're you know twice a week three times a week you say okay cool my follower is low I have no following in fact but I know my friend Joseph has a big following more following than me and I'm here now you know that is a good way for me to have my five cells a month to get that yeah so those are to me the two things which are most important when it comes to marketing um, especially online with not a big budget okay so being profitable and making sure you're predictable about the income that you're coming in, what kind of numbers you want to make. And if I can, if I can add a little bit on it, um, I would, I would really focus on actually having customers because there is nothing that will show you whether or not you're on the right track than people buying stuff. Now, not, you may not have a customer every single day, but if, if you can get a level of consistency, if you know your numbers to say, on average, three people buy from me a week, it doesn't have to necessarily be three new people, but a three transactions happen on my website. That lets you set the benchmark for once you start your marketing. Okay, anything above three sales is better than where I was because a lot of time people start their marketing and don't know what good looks like. They don't know going from three to five. Actually, I've added two new people since I posted this kind of post or I've had more people coming onto my platform because I've been doing this activity. So what kind of what things are you going to be looking at? What things what what numbers do you need to have beforehand? And once you start measuring your success, what's your timeline? How far does that go? So in this half of this episode, we have covered some of the basics that you need to have set first, because we can talk about the greatest marketing strategies on Instagram, on any platform you want. The core of it is if the system isn't right, you're not going to make any sales. So basic stuff. When you start, 
when you start, make sure your back end is covered. And by the back end, I mean the behind the scenes of your website. So if, you, if you're going to start marketing and selling all your products, do you know what days you need to pack and post stuff to make sure people get it on time? Do you know the times of the post office being open or whoever's doing your postage? Do you know um, how you're how you're going to be taking payments through the website. Cause I've launched side hustles before and forgot to connect my PayPal. I wasn't getting, people were going there and thinking, okay, how do I buy stuff? And the money wasn't coming from my account. Have you done, have you tested it? So have you done a dummy transaction? Have you got maybe your bank card or your friend's bank card and gone through the website and see, can people actually pay? Cause that's a basic thing <laughs> that can be really, really damaging to, to just understand that whole process what emails people again, how are you going to be communicating with people going forward? It seems like a lot, but basically you start from Instagram, you click the link, end up on the website, you view the product, you add it to cart, you check out, and then you see what happens. It's literally just following every step you would want a customer to do and making sure nothing's broken. The next part of that is optimizing your website. We spoke about this where having your domain, invest in your domain, it costs 10 to 20 pounds, even if it's 30 pounds, to buy a real looking website name. And I'm not talking about Genevieve's hyphen, great hyphen hair. That's not the way to do it. If you, and I disagree a little bit with Elizabeth on this, where .com and .co.uk are the premium. But if you can get a .co, or if you're a local business, you can get a .london or a .manchester, it's better than having North dash london dash taxis dash dot com it's, it's better than having that yeah just buy the dot code and dot code uk so they don't lose it and they don't know where to find you because they will type dot code uk if it's just dot co exactly that exactly that and then making sure you're consistent on your website is the name of your instagram page the same name as your website is it written anywhere are the pictures similar are the products similar so if you sell shoes do you have shoes on your home page when people get there do you if you're a financial advisor does it say financial advisor on the same home page when you get there all of these simple things to make sure that people know what you're doing and if you're going to be in marketing on instagram or marketing on the internet most people use the internet on their phone. So even though you're building your website on a desktop or on a laptop, make sure that you're testing it on your phone to make sure it looks and feels right. Now, going on to the tracking and analytics, Google, Facebook, and heat maps from Hotjar. Check those three out. Google those. If you've never heard them before, there'll be a ton of YouTube videos on how you can do that and add them to your website. And last but not least, what's your budget? How much money can you put into this or how much time can you put into this? Because it's going to take you one or the other or some combination of both. And then once you start investing that, what does good look like? Do you know how much you're making in sales? Do you know how much you're selling now versus how much you want to sell? Do you know how long your timeline is going to be? What are your projections? What are you hoping for your business? Have all of those written out and be crystal clear on what your next steps are, what your expectations of your marketing campaigns are and being realistic with that. Because if you've got zero sales now, you're not going to go to a thousand sales tomorrow. It's not going to happen. And even if it does, are you ready for it? Because <laughs> most people get 20 more sales and it's like, I can't handle this no more. 
So that's the first half of the episode. In the second half, we're going to be talking about how you actually promote your business on Instagram. We had to make sure we covered these basics before we actually started giving you these major keys, these gems on how to actually bring all that money in. Because without these backend systems, you could have 2,000 people, 2 million people coming to your website every single day. The money won't match. So we'll see you after the break. Stay tuned. If you have any questions or dilemmas that you'd like to have featured on our podcast or on our YouTube channel, go to blackmillennialmoney.com, click the contact page and send it to us. Names will be changed or kept anonymous unless you say otherwise. So we are back in this Make Money episode of Black Millennial Money and we are talking about making money from promoting your business on Instagram for free. In the first half of this episode, we're talking about some of the basics you need to make sure you've got right before you do any marketing campaign because if you haven't got those basics right, it's going to be the same thing as pouring money into a, a bucket with a hole in it. You're going to lose all of the benefit. You're going to, I said money into a bucket with a hole in it. I meant water with a bucket with a hole in it. But hey, if you can pour money into a bucket, you're probably doing the right thing. Um, in this half, we're talking about the campaigns you need to do and how you can structure it, the things you should be thinking about as you're doing your Instagram marketing. We have Elizabeth Eze in the house. And to start off with, Elizabeth, you're from the Clinic of Marketing, for those of you who don't know. So where's the first place that you start when it comes to promoting your business on Instagram? What's the, before you even open the app, what should you be having already? What are the thoughts and feelings people should be going through? Yep. So my favorite word, strategy. So a strategy is, in my opinion, the vision of your business in a plan. So it's not just a plan posting five times a day. That is not enough. A strategy is, okay, through posting five times a day, this is what we, this is the message we're going to convey. And the biggest thing which I feel that people need to do is to be optimized for sales first. I don't believe or agree as a business, you should be optimizing for community first or anything that doesn't allow you to have a better bottom line so a lot of people literally just post their content or their information like their information center or they're just posting it like their mood boards that's great but if it doesn't help us remember that we have to buy from you to actually have it or to enjoy it then that is the first thing i would say you know you need to optimize for sales that's really interesting because when I think about some of the Instagram pages that I follow, some of them are really good about letting me know that stuff is for sale and some of them are not so good at it. So I see it with a lot of cosmetic brands. There's this, there's this one, I can't remember her name, but she's in the US and she does really, really well. She does like, she does beauty products. But what she does is that a lot of the stuff that she posts is before and after videos, before and after pictures. So people, the product is in the video. It's not heavy sales. Everything's in red. Come buy now. But it's clear that this is being posted because we sell this. It's not, this is just an entertainment page or we're trying to grow our followers. Because at the end of the day, you could have, like, <laughs> what was it? I saw I saw a stat where Visa, whose name is on most of the bank cards in the world, they've got like 31,000 followers on Twitter. Yeah. They do several billion dollars in sales every year. So your follower account is irrelevant. It's who pays. It's, it's where the money comes in. Mm-hmm. Where the money resides, sorry. Um, <laughs> but the point is that if you are optimizing for sales, you need to be clear on that. Whereas some of us are posting stuff on Instagram and it's not super clear what it is that we want people to do. Oh, is it that we just want them to like or comment or just scroll past? 
uh, how is what you're posting leading towards your ultimate goal? Because if you're listening to this episode, if you're thinking about marketing on Instagram, you're not you're not posting for bands. You're posting to make money. I agree. So, That's me. Yeah. And it's that information center thing that you mentioned that really stands out to me because there's a lot of talk on the internet, isn't there? There's a lot of people talking, sharing great knowledge, but how do we get paid? Is there, is there a strategy or a pipeline that takes someone towards going from being someone who's in their feed to how they get paid? Yeah, so one example I'll give is that a lot of people may say five tips to this or how to do that. And the issue with that is you are making it seem like that's all the information they need to actually do what you are telling them to do. So why would they do anything more? They would like even if they click on a link on the bio and you have the most amazing newsletter, it's so banging. Um, it doesn't really matter because all you're saying is, look, I'm actually showing you how to do it yourself. You don't need me for anything else. So instead of just saying five tips or how to content, I would just say storytell. Instead of saying how I did this, talk about when you've done it before, talk about how you've done it, how it made you think, how you had to do, you know, people love storytelling. This is why people say storytelling. Talk about how you have been able to do that thing and the lessons you learned. And then the ending, the call to action, the last thing to say is, okay, this is what I teach. This is what I sell. Please click on the link in the bio so we can have a chat. Not just here's more content necessarily, but literally a strong call to action that's clear, which Joseph was saying. Literally just have a call to action and don't just be as direct as you have been when it comes to the actual information you want to give. And that will really help yourselves. Something as you're saying that something that popped into my head is that I've seen it with a number of people who post stuff and they may have, it could have been that they tweeted out a thread and it's like four or five different tweets. They'll post a picture of all five tweets. So you're following the story in the tweets. And then the last picture on Instagram is by whatever the story was about. And that's a, that's a nice and interesting way to take someone on a journey. You get to the final part and you know something's for sale because how many times have you got to the end of the story and just closed the book? Or just put your phone down or gone to a different profile or hit, or hit like and walked and moved on. And that's a nice little, that's something that I've been trying to do. So whenever I'm, whenever I'm promoting a podcast on Instagram, you will see the name of the title and then a little animation and then you see on available on youtube apple music spotify podcast because i'm not posting for you to not listen or to go and watch somewhere because i could just post a clip but in every clip there has to be everything else on youtube or on apple podcast so that's an interesting way to approach and what you said about um teaching people how to think the way they need to approach a situation and then providing the solution to that situation that's a really really powerful way to approach it so in all of your conversation, how is this leading someone to a sale? And it doesn't mean to be buy now. It could be if you're a clothing brand and you're talking about what are people wanting to have unique clothes? You could now talk about unique style. People who have put stuff out that's really, really cool. And then at the end of it, say, hey, we do drops and there's only ever 100 of these. So you're going to be one of the few people that has this. And that's a nice and simple story where it makes sense from the beginning. And you can do that in a multiple of different ways in your post, right? 100%. 100%. And another thing um, which you're touching on is 
some people don't even understand why they need your product or service, which is the problem why you don't get sales. Not because your content is bad. It's just because it's like, it's a bit random. Is it irrelevant? Because remember on Instagram, they're going picture by picture. They don't know what's going to come next, right? So if they see your content and, you know, your clothing company or your accountant, and you're just saying five tips to, um, you know, for doing your tax return or five ways to wear jeans. Yeah. But if you, you say, look, um, you know, why like why do you always hand in your tax late or stop being stressed about tax? It kind of is head hitting. It's like, okay, um, that's me. It self-identifies that person. And you know, if you're doing more e-commerce, you can be like, mum jeans used to be so ugly. Here are five ways you can wear mum jeans. Then that's a different concept because now people are linking to their predetermined beliefs with what they should watch the video about. So again, it just helps you have people that's that say, oh, all right, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And be like, and hopefully at the end of it, they'll be like, okay, I understand why this company is promoting this. Let me talk to them more or buy from them. That's that again is really interesting because you mentioned accounting. And I'm just thinking, how many people have got in trouble for not paying their taxes properly? And there's a story attached to that. How many people get fined in the UK for submitting their business accounts late and all of these things? So like if you can find the stat or something or something in the news or some famous person and then tie that to your brand. And then it's like, okay, so Wesley Snipes went to prison for tax evasion or some, some sort of tax issue. And then the next slide is, yeah, this is how you don't do that. And this is how we can help you not end up in tax trouble. And now you've presented the problem. You've taken them on a journey of the outcome, which is potentially prison or a fine. And now you've presented the solution to them, which is you. That is a really, really cool way of thinking about it. I need to do that for the podcast. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we covered the strategy piece and how people should be approaching it. It's posting with a purpose. Posting with a purpose. And to go on one small tangent, what you find sometimes is a lot of people with big followings, but no one, but a lot of the reason people are following you is not linked to your product. So, for example, you see this with musicians a lot. Some people are here with the antics. This person's eating a beetle. This person set fire to this. That's not going to help people go listen to your music. People want to see you do foolishness on the internet. That's what they came for. And the worst thing about it is some of those people who are doing foolish, their music isn't even playing in the background. <laughs> so, so you're here eating beetles for no reason. <laughs> and the same for, for if you've got a clothing brand, Make sure your clothes are the thing people are coming for rather than um, first trap photos. But then, and as we transition away from that, we're talking about the types of content you could be posting. So when it comes to promoting your business for free on Instagram, what types of content and what are some of the pros or cons? Obviously, we know we can post videos and pictures and all sorts of things, but, but not everyone can do everything, right? Or not everyone should do everything to start off with. Can you just take us through the different types of content you can post on Instagram, some of the pros and cons and how it could be useful for someone? Absolutely. So, yeah, let's start with video first. So video, I'm sure you know it's the most dynamic. And what I love about video is that repurposing becomes amazing because this is literally what Gary Vee screams about. And I can see why, because you can turn it into audio, you can turn it into text and not even just text, tweetables, blogs. Um, like short captions, long captions, it, it can really be dynamic. And when I say video, that could be in easily a 5, 10, 15 minute video of you talking, 
easily. You can have a week's worth of content in 15 minutes if you think about it. So, and also it's the most engaging. Lives, especially especially with Instagram, because we've got lives and stories, there are two ways. And obviously IGTV, right? That Instagram has really focused on video, 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 video in different ways, whether it's live, whether it's pre-recorded or whether it's just, you know, not there for long. So that's that's what I love about video. And, you know, we've obviously got pictures, right? And in pictures, we're going to put in text as well, because you can't just post a caption. You can post a picture with text on it. So, you know, all of us have a Canva account. I hope you do. Um, maybe some of you are pro shop lovers I don't know how to use pro shop like that but yeah easy to make and you know naturally this is where Instagram stemmed from so I believe there's much more of an affinity towards it but the downside which I find a lot especially with service-based businesses is that if it's non-tangible what do you post about your beautiful face your branded mug your toilet roll, literally, I've seen it all with service-based businesses. So it can be a bit hard. Like, do you just post, you know, a caption and pull it on notes and just take a picture? Like, it can be a bit elusive with what you post picture-wise, dependent on the company, on the yeah, business. And, you know, we've got lives. So lives, you know, I touched on it before. We've all seen the crackling. We've all seen the lives that are, you know, you don't even know if they know what internet is, basically. Um, but it is the most engaging because it is the only platform where you can engage live. So it's in real time and you get an answer in real time. The length can be good. I see some lives go for, obviously, versus is a, you know, it's fine. It gets a pass. But I've seen some long lives. like, And there's no timestamps, not like YouTube. So if, if the good meat is in 60 minutes in, you're not going to know that until you watch it. And yeah, it's, it's the easiest to get notifications. And again, technically it's good to repurpose, but depending on the quality, you might as well have done a pre-recorded video anyway. Um, but again, labs are great for collaboration. That's what people love labs for. So I guess that's a great pro of doing the live. So yeah, those are some of the things. Okay, so we went through... You went through that super quick because you live and breathe this, right? So let's slow it down just a touch. So on videos, there's some really great pros because you can repurpose the content. And by repurposing the content, you it's like what I do with a podcast. I record it in video, but I take the audio, pull it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I take the video and I pull it on YouTube. I take a clip from it. I pull it on Instagram. I take a still from it, make it into a thumbnail. And then I tweet different bits and pieces you could do so you could do a lot with a video if you just break it down into its component parts because video is picture and sound what different things can you do with picture and sound the challenge with that is it requires more production so like what we've got set up here i've got lights i've got a microphone set up i've got from yourself i can tell you know makeup <laughs> well 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 the lord provides but, <laughs> um, not so much makeup of it it's just a vaseline and cocoa bar but um for those of you who were into makeup yeah that's a whole different procedure you've got to make sure your camera ready so it comes with some of these challenges whereas if you're posting just pictures you don't necessarily need to be in the pictures. There's, a, there's an Instagram page that's blown up in 2020 called Visualize Value, where he's basically taking quotes from famous people and making them into cool pictures. It's all in black and white as well, but blown up. Made £100,000 last year, $100,000 last year, based on starting an Instagram page that was really simple in its look, not necessarily in its delivery, but it's all pictures. It's all pictures and words. 
is there a way that you can find to leverage pictures, especially because you don't have to be camera ready. You don't need to make sure your sound is good. You don't need to make sure <laughs> the video is good. Or you don't need to make sure your internet connection is good. All of these things can, can come into it. And it can be trickier where you're a service-based business, as Elizabeth said, but there is a way to make it make sense where if you think about the value you deliver, make sure that you're communicating the value because to be fair, if you're a service-based business, if you're a barber, what is the feeling you deliver? You deliver the feeling of walking out. Every man has felt this. You come out of the barbershop chair. I haven't felt it in a while. I'm not going to lie. But you come out of the barbershop chair, you look in the mirror like, I'm buff. That's what barbers deliver. They deliver that feeling where you leave and within for about two hours after leaving the barbershop, there's no one, there's no one more beautiful than you. That's the service you deliver. Make sure that's in your images. So the before and after where you could have someone looking crazy and someone looking amazing, that's what you deliver. And that's the way to sort of package a service business in images or videos. And then with lives, we've all seen it. Internet connection is crazy. And sometimes it's not even your fault. Sometimes it's genuinely not your fault. It's it maybe the person you're on a live with. But the advantage is that lives, people get notifications about them, even if they don't get any other Instagram notifications. But also, you have an opportunity to engage with your audience directly. And it could be a great opportunity to do some customer service, some behind the scenes, some rapport building, some getting people engaged in what you do. And then on top of that, it gets recorded and you can post it on your page. You can cut it up into chunks and you can continue to use that. So depending on who you are, depending on what your business is, it's best to pick one of these to start off with. Is that what we're saying, Elizabeth? Or do you reckon someone should start with all of it? It depends on the business. Um, if you're a makeup brand, please don't be doing pictures and texts. Please don't. I mean, we're not text, just not pictures. But please do pictures. You can do video, but again, you said an example of the brand in America that do a lot of before and afters. I'm sure most of them are pictures and maybe videos not necessarily lives of people actually taking a video of their hair live. Like it's not that. So again, if you're more e-commerce, people do like a good quality picture and to see the dynamics and how it's used, product and placement, etc. If you're more service-based, it is easier to do videos and lives because you can do interviews, you can talk about your service and you can answer questions. And, you know, a great point that Joseph said is do customer service. So that would be a great way to just battle problems people may be having for example self-assessment is coming up um or it's gone you know you it happens every year and that could be a great time to do a live a video but with a picture you know it may not be as engaging so i believe it depends on the business more than your capacity because you want people to see your um, items or you want people to hear how you do things mm. so finding out what fits for you and your audience because again um if you've got a complicated product a video is probably the best way to do it. And you could either do that as a pre-recorded video or an IG live where you're literally, the best example of this for me is Amazon Alexa. Nobody in the world needed or knew what Alexa was. But in every advert, they're saying, Alexa, do something. So now they're showing you every possible use case. So play this, order that. So now if you can find a way to take a complicated product or something that people won't get immediately, because not everyone's got a super visual product, right? Not everyone can show a before and after shot of someone who had acne and doesn't have acne anymore. 
But is there a way that you can teach your audience how to use your product or teach your audience how to get the best out of your product or your service? And a lot of people sleep on testimonials like you were talking about. Customer interviews. And it's not just saying, Joseph is wonderful. It's no, um, when I spoke to Joseph, this, this, and this happened and it was great. And I'm so much happier now. And it's about the person rather than saying, Joseph, go find Joseph, go find Joseph. That's not a good testimonial. You want to get the emotion and the joy you want people like when you leave the barbershop you're buff for two hours no matter what you look like prior or look like in reality if you could capture that feeling and pull it in a video that's what you can do that's what you should be doing for your brand but that you could also communicate that in a picture it just depends on your audience depends on on how best it fits so once you've decided on your piece of content so we've We've got, we've, we started with the strategy, have an idea of what it is you want to deliver. What is the purpose of me posting this, this content? You've chosen video or you've chosen lives or, or pictures. The next step is, what? Well, what would you say is the next step, Elizabeth? So you've got the content, right? You're posting pictures, doing video, it's consistency. So what does that look like? when people see it, is it five times a day? I'm going to be doing a lot of lives. I'm going to be doing a lot of stories. I'm going to be doing a lot of feed posts because Instagram is very dynamic. You have to kind of plan where you want to put stuff. So I would say if, if you are planning to do video, video does work better on stories or on lives just because it moves to the top, so to the front. Um, and IGTV is on the feed. So you may not get as many people finding it unless it's a story, right? So stories, lives, in fact, every post technically should be a story, right? To promote yourself. And yeah, that's what I should say. And yeah, when it comes to consistency, it's not just consistency of posting, but again, coming back to more of the design branding, if there's something that's all black and then you have something completely different, the issue is, is that because people are seeing pictures one by one on the feed, people may not automatically clock that it's for you, it's your brand, even if it looks nice. So that's what I would say more than it looking, not looking great or mismatching, because again, most people look at your post from with one post, not in the whole grid form. So I wouldn't say that's the most um, craziest thing to look at. So yeah, I would just make sure aesthetics and consistency in terms of where to put stuff strategically. And yeah, whatever you do, Whatever works, please keep doing it. Don't just stop. Don't just say I'm tired, please. It helps a lot with just people getting used to you and just getting their cells in. Yeah. And the consistency thing, you're right, it is in two parts. It's consistency of, okay, I've chosen videos. Can I consistently put out videos? And then what's my routine? Is it because Instagram likes you to post multiple times a day, but if that doesn't suit you, can you post on a daily basis? Can you post every three times a week well find a system that works for you and continue to do it because once you commit you can't really go backwards like i i would love to put out more content than i do but i know once i commit i can't go backwards and i need to figure out how i could do that so th there is that side of the consistency but there's also this other side of consistency where people want a beautiful feed they want all the colors to match they what they want to they want to post nine squares that make one whole mosaic picture the problem with that when i'm looking at my instagram feed i'm going there and i'm seeing someone's elbow i'm not seeing your product you'll see an elbow you see an ankle you see half of someone's face you're not going to see the grid unless i go to your page and most people are not going to the face going to your instagram page they're scrolling your feed 
So we, you see it all the time in marketing, right, Elizabeth, where someone lets the grid layout or the color scheme of their, of their Instagram page stop them from posting something that's actually going to drive sales, which is the whole purpose of this page. It's the whole, it's the whole reason you're here. You're not, you're not here because you like posting pictures or videos, right? It's all, it's all about the sale, but, oh, I can't post that one because it doesn't match the color scheme, my friend. Do you want a do you want a pretty Instagram or a pretty bank balance? <laughs> so we've covered again, we've covered a lot of things in this half of the episodes. So just to wind it back a little bit, when it comes to actually promoting your business for free on Instagram, it's less about hashtags and more about having a strategy to how you approach your content. Because hashtags are nice, but they're not the end all and be all. Lots of people drive tons and tons of sales through their pages and there's all sorts of technical things that are wrong, but they've got the right, they've got the important things right. They have a strategy, they have a reason why they make every single post. They've chosen a format, whether that's pictures or videos that suit their audience. And on top of that, they managed to maintain some consistency and from that they've grown their audience and they've been able to start converting that into sales. So they started off making sure the website was great. Now they found a way of marketing that suits them and suits their audience and a way of engagement that continually that they can rinse and repeat. Because once you find something good, keep doing it. Don't stop. It may be hard work. It may be inconvenient, but don't stop. So in the final part of the episode, we're going to give you the quick tip and next steps where you Elizabeth is really, really going to drop the nuggets after how you can take the information we shared so far and actually grow and elevate because there are some key, key things that will just wrap up this approach to growing your Instagram, growing your business organically on social media. So I'll see you after the break. If you have any questions or dilemmas that you'd like to have featured on our podcast or on our YouTube channel, go to blackmillennialmoney.com, click the contact page and send them to us. Names will be changed or kept anonymous unless you say otherwise. And we are back in this Make Money episode of Black Millennial Money where we are talking about promoting your business for free on Instagram and how you can make thousands of pounds a month doing it. So we have Elizabeth Eze from the Clinic of Marketing on the show today and she has a quick tip for us. Go for it. So I would say that when you are business, you probably don't have a big following. So what I would say is don't optimize to get more followers, optimize to get more reach. What I mean by that is on Instagram, you see the shares, you see the saves, you see all of that metrics. And what that means is that your content is so good, they just can't keep it to themselves. That's an amazing thing to have and to remember, because if it was in the offline world, it would be like them telling all their friends on WhatsApp, you know, in person, their girl group, like that's an amazing metric to have. So even though you may not know exactly who those people are, if the content is so good, it is so easy to click on your profile from a story that someone has shared about you and to like say, oh, like it or comment or save it or follow you. So I think deep down as well, when you optimize for reach, you're always optimizing for the cold audience or people that don't know you. So you're always going to perform better. You're always going to make sure your content sells you're always going to make sure your content is clear for someone who doesn't know who you are but if you optimize for followers they know you they get you they've said they've seen it you can get a bit lazy so optimizing for reach and optimizing for people to share your content is the best way to get sales 
and that's a really really interesting tip because that's that's all of us have seen something on Instagram and posted it in our group because we those same WhatsApp groups that we have we generally have the same group on Instagram or or we find someone who's going to find this funny or interesting and we send it to them so in your analytics when you're looking at your posts on a weekly basis I don't I don't recommend you do it daily because you'll go crazy but on a weekly basis when you're looking at your posts it doesn't matter what the comments and the likes were look for how many people saved it how many people shared it because those are the things that are going to show you what you should keep posting so if you realize that the before and after pictures or the Q&A sessions are the things that keep getting shared start doing all of those start doing more and more of those so it shows you where to double down and that's a really really useful metric because again there's so many different numbers you could be looking at in your business but how many of them are going to be helpful to you to really understand how to grow? So if your reach figure is growing up, your awareness figure is growing up, if, does that match the number of people clicking through to your website? Are there more people coming to your website as the reach goes? So the more saves, the more shares you get of your content on Instagram, are you seeing more visitors on your website? These are the sort of things to sort of balance out. So that's a really, really useful quick tip. It's, and again, it's the type of thing you only know when you're when you've been in the trenches with this and stop, and stop telling people to, followers don't matter followers will find you customers are all that matters and customers come from discovery come from reach over followers so if your posts are, are seeing more people than you have followers you're doing something right now your goal is to try and keep pushing that number so that's the quick tip now we've got the three things people should be doing right now to start promoting their business for free on Instagram so Take it away, Elizabeth. What should people be doing? What are the action steps? They take off their headphones, they get out the car. What should they be doing right now? Yep. So first of all, I would look at positioning and how you like the message you have. So again, if you are affected by COVID or things have changed because of COVID or for another reason, it doesn't matter. Make it crystal clear that COVID is affecting you and what you're doing. For example, if you're a dance class, even if you're a service like um, the holiday industry, what COVID guidelines are you in place? Are you have in place, and what are you doing differently to help those people? Whether it's more online, virtual, etc. Be silly clear. So yeah, and make sure that when people see your brand, it's not just you're an accountant, you sell makeup. No, you're an accountant that enables young people to have better finances so they can buy a home by the time they're 25 or um, this makeup enables you to feel the best you've ever felt in your life. Like Stella's got a groove back. Like these are the all emotional things that people want to have benefits from, not just the standalone lipstick or standalone service. Because at the end of the day, that's not what people are just buying. They're buying the outcome and what the, what benefits them with it. Yeah. So customer journey. So customer journey. What I mean by that is, okay, someone has just seen your page for the first time. How did they become a customer? It's not just by liking things or, you know, just by looking at Instagram. If they like something or if they comment saying me, 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 or, you know, that's so interesting. What do they do next? Do you want them to go to your bio? Do you want them to DM you? Do you want them to go on the live? Do you want them to comment more? Do you want them to say something that will help you understand them more? What does that look like? The key thing that most people don't do is that they don't realize or understand or know what 
mindset someone needs to have to go to the next step so what do they need to trust you more do they need to understand how much the price is do they need to understand why you're so easy to work with these are all things which we take into consideration which will help someone go from your ig to your email list from your email list to your website from your website to the payment page to the payment page to becoming a customer and referring people so what steps are there and if there's 15 different steps you're doing too much you are doing too much you need to have a concise amount of steps and just make sure that at every single step, you're not just leaving them in the dark, like Joseph was saying before. You, you have an email list, but you don't email them. No. And the last one is repurposing. So repurposing, there are so many ways you can repurpose. You can repurpose by length, which means a 40-minute video into the five minutes. You can repurpose the format. So from audio to sound, audio to um, sorry, video to audio, audio to text. And you can repurpose the platform where it sits, IGTV, stories, feed, reels, if you really want to. Those are, there's so many ways to repurpose. And a tool I would say for you to use is otter.ai. So the animal otter.ai, that is an amazing um, tool to repurpose sound and video into sound, if it's from a video and audio, sorry, to text, so transcription. And you can use something called Repurpose House. They're a company that have a team of VAs that repurpose your content into tweetables, into quotes, into pictures, into infographics. And it has a really quick turnaround, 24 hours. And it does it in your brand colors. So if you don't want to repurpose yourself, those are just some ways you can repurpose. And yeah, those are the things people, I believe people should have. Okay, so wrapping that up, because again, tons of detail, tons of value. The first step. Review your positioning and your marketing, your messaging. What are you saying to the consumers? No matter what industry you're in, you have something that you say to them. And if you're having some sort of challenge that's COVID related or, or sales related, let people know, be upfront about it. But where do you sit in the market? And when someone comes to you, do they know what you do? So your position in the market, so you're a hairdresser. Are you the person that does braids? Are you the are you the king of braids, the queen of braids? Let that be known from the very beginning. This is your pocket of the internet. This is your pocket of the business world. So someone is crystal clear that you are the person for this. This is the value that you bring. This is a service that you offer. And then the next step is to map out the, the customer journey. How does someone go from randomly scrolling their Instagram to becoming a customer who is so excited about what they've received from you that they're telling everyone? Break down those steps. Again, if you've got more than 15 steps and 15 is an arbitrary number, if you've got lots of steps, you need to cut that down. It needs to be nice and smooth, nice and simple. Again, when was the last time you bought something where they made it really hard for you to do it? Not all of us are queuing up outside of a store waiting two, three days in advance to be at the front of the queue for stuff. People don't, most people don't shop like that. We shop for convenience. There's a reason why Uber Eats is such a big part of your bank statement because it's so easy to do. Could you imagine if you had to call the restaurant yourself to find out when the driver left every single time you ordered? You wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. So make it nice and easy, nice and convenient. Understand the journey your customer needs to go on. And then last but not least, repurpose your content. Repurpose your content. Find ways of stretching your content because your message 
your core message may not change that much, but the way in which it's delivered has potential to be able to catch different people. Some of us are visual, some of us are auditory. Some of us want to have that longer interaction before we decide what we're going to do next. So find ways of engaging your consumers, find ways, but also be strategic because in any marketing campaign, paid or otherwise, if you're doing it for free on Instagram or if you're about to spend thousands of pounds trying to get attention, if it's not strategic, it's not going to work. So you've heard a lot from Elizabeth today. And I know some of you are going to want to hear about her services because at the core of it, this is what she does. This is what she delivers to people. Elizabeth, how can people get hold of you? What's the best way for them to get some more value from you? Yeah, sure. So everything is the clinic of marketing except for Twitter because it was too long. But if you go on my Instagram, which is the clinic of marketing, you can find my other outlets, LinkedIn, I'm on there, um, which is my full name. My website is theclinicofmarketing.co.uk. And I am launching a private podcast, which is a basically like an audio email list. So instead of you getting emails every week, you're going to get a new podcast, which you can only subscribe to or find, I should say, if you subscribe to it. So that's one thing I'm doing that's different. So please listen to me talk more about marketing and making sure you make more money. Okay. So all of those links as always are going to be in the show notes. So they're going to be in the description on Spotify or Apple music or on YouTube, wherever you're seeing this, as well as on the black millennial money website. So if you go over to black millennial money, search episode 41, you will be able to find all of those links. Now, you know where to find us. We're at blackmillennialmoney.com, BMM Global on Instagram, BMM Global Pod on Twitter. You can also send us your questions. Head over to the website. If you have any questions or dilemmas, the dilemmas come out every week on YouTube. If you want your questions answered in an episode or on YouTube, head over there and we'll feature you. If you haven't joined the Patreon yet, now's your chance to do it. Again, blackmillennialmoney.com. Find a join us on Patreon link and head over there. And if you haven't liked, subscribed and shared with your WhatsApp group, I don't know what else I need to say, but do it now. Next week, we're going to be talking about keeping money. So you don't want to miss it. You've just, you just learned how to make a ton of money, a ton of money from your business on Instagram, how you approach your marketing. Once that money comes in, how do you keep it? How do you get a benefit from it? So tune in next week where we're talking about keeping money and I'll see you then. This is Black Millennial Money. 